are listening to Radio Influence. The first college football playoff rankings are out, and it's time to talk about it until we are blue in the face. Scott Seidenberg here alongside Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. It's Rush the Field, the college football podcast for you college football diehard fans. And Chris, let's get ready to argue over the rankings that are going to be completely blown up a week from now. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. If you don't, It's kind of like the weather in some places. If you don't like it, stick around. After this weekend, it's going to be completely different. We'll talk a little bit about who we think might uh, survive it, who we think might uh, not survive it, and next week we better enjoy it this week, because next week they won't be uh, anywhere around. Well, here's where we are. The first released rankings here, week 10 of the college football season. Alabama is number one, followed by Clemson at number two. We've kind of seen that before, Chris. Mm -hmm. And then here's where it gets interesting. LSU is number three, although it's a moot point, because LSU does play Alabama this week. We'll get to that. LSU is three over an undefeated Notre Dame team, which comes in at four. So that rounds out your college football playoff right now. On the outside looking in, Michigan at number five, Georgia at number six. But why? Because I actually thought that this was going to play out this way, that LSU would be ahead of Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. But why, in your opinion, did the committee put LSU ahead of Notre Dame? I, I to be honest with you, I, I'm I'm maybe a little bit surprised, but I think, listen, I, I think it's close. I think they look at the fact that they've beaten Georgia, they've beaten Mississippi State, they've just beaten those are quality wins. More more quality more quality wins than Notre Dame mm-hmm. to this point. And look, I, I don't, I just don't know how much they say this subliminally, but. I think some of it is, hey, look, you know, they play Alabama this week and it's close. It really is a moot point because LSU will, you know, if they lose, they'll be out of it. So I think you could make a strong case. In fact, we'll get into it. Um, I wouldn't have LSU in my top four if I'm just grading it off a of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we'll get into that, and, and perhaps we'll, we'll talk about who my four is. I, I'll mention it now. Alabama, I, oh, Clemson. Well, can I tell you who my okay. four is? And let's we'll see if we're Go on ahead. the same page here. Okay. Georgia. Well, I got I got right now on film Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma is the Ooh, four best teams. Okay, the Sooners. Okay. Yeah. Or, the, or the, the, the right now on film, uh-huh. the teams now, again – um, I think it'll play out because Georgia has some ball left, and we know that they lost to LSU, and LSU lost to Florida and all that. But I don't have a problem with it. And, and you know, it's not one of those things you sit there and worry about because you, you just got to take care of business. And the LSU-Alabama game, I think – says just kind of sets up to where look that game's going to be decided and Notre Dame moves up to three if they're able to beat Northwestern and that is not a given because this Northwestern team is good and I think we you know we've talked about this a couple of times with Notre Dame this may be the toughest challenge for Notre Dame the rest of the year Mm -hmm. depending upon what type of shape Clay Helton is in at the end of the year at USC and how necessary that game is to maybe save his hide. Um, that That's, you know, but to me, this Notre, this may be a difficult game. I think Notre Dame will win it, but it'll be a challenge. I expect Notre Dame to be at three next week because I expect LSU uh, to go down to Alabama. But I, I think that they just looked at the resume 
Here's what I I look at, though. If Notre Dame and LSU played, who would win? In my opinion, Notre Dame would win. Maybe they look at it and say it's a little close. And I think it's close, but I think Notre Dame would win. I think they look at the resume, and that's why they put LSU 3 and Notre Dame 4. Yeah, I think so right now. And and look, things are going to play themselves out. Alabama plays LSU this weekend. Notre Dame, you mentioned that game against Northwestern on the road. Uh, Michigan plays against Penn State. You also have Georgia against Kentucky. So a lot of games this weekend will determine the way the rankings shake up next week when they're released next Tuesday. Let's quickly run down the remainder of the top 10. Chris, I mentioned Michigan and Georgia 5 and 6. Oklahoma, who you like on film, they are currently number 7. Washington State is at number 8, followed by Kentucky at 9, Ohio State at 10. And if you go down a little bit of ways, number 12, Central Florida. That's where they ended the season last year. And if you are wondering, do they have a chance? Probably not. The committee chair uh, said they're 7-0, and they're the only team that hasn't played a team with a winning record through nine weeks. So that's yeah. all you need to know about UCF. And Central Florida has to take care Thursday night uh, at home against Temple. Uh, Temple's a good team. It's a, it's a good team relative to what they play and is capable, more capable than most teams that they've played. You know, a Memphis team played Central Florida very, very close. Obviously had them beat most of the game. Uh, that's the same Memphis team that got blown out by Missouri. So it gives you a little bit of an idea. Central Florida's schedule has been weak, but they'll play a couple of teams. Houston, now you're talking about a fun game? Maybe oh, they put up points. Oh, my goodness, it's going to be a basketball score. <laughs> By the way. Are they the only team? I think they're the only team this year that scored at least 40 in every game, right? Yeah, well, uh, has Alabama not scored 40 in every game? Uh, they fell in below. Ooh, I, I don't know. know. I think I think Alabama has, too. Um, I know they've shut it down a bunch. Alabama, Alabama scored 39 against Missouri. There you go. That, that's, that's the one. Um, just a quick note, because it'll change every week. Mm-hmm. The matchups would be... Uh, you know, Clemson, LSU in the Orange Bowl and Alabama, Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl if this were the final standings, which it's not. Because I but, guess technically Arlington is closer to Tuscaloosa yeah, than Orlando is. Yeah, I think. And, and again, I think that the committee hasn't quite spoken on how they would put that. But obviously one in four is going to play. So there is uh, I'm not saying it's a lock that it wouldn't be the opposite. But but I think that's where it would likely go. But here's the interesting. How about these matchups? If they were to be on tonight's rankings, it would be Florida. Against Central Florida. In the Peach Bowl. How's that wow. for a little juicy? Yeah. How about a little Kentucky, Ohio State action in the Fiesta? How about a little Michigan, Washington State in the Rose Bowl? How about Georgia, Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl? That that's a game that hey, that's a that looks like a playoff game in the in a group of in the New Year's six game. So that'll change obviously with the rankings and standings. But we want to have a little listen, if we're gonna have fun with the rankings, we wanna have fun with telling you where the projections would be. Let me just say this, because this is going to be the narrative through talk radio, and you do a national show, obviously, on NBC, Scott, and you're going to deal with it here. It's going to change, and so I think a lot of people are in this worry. But, you know, so much of it is we anticipate what's going to happen. I think the one thing that would be interesting to kind of forecast, we we don't normally see these teams that we all expect. Well, I think Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame are going to go unbeaten. Well, we all do. History says it's not going to happen, but let's just say that it does. 
if it does, then the race is on, I think, between Michigan and Oklahoma, slightly ahead of Georgia. Again, if Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame went out, then it's Michigan and Oklahoma, and that's going to be the race, assuming they win out. And I'm not, a, I'm not assuming it. I'm assuming it for the purposes of the conversation. If Oklahoma were to win out, including their Big 12 championship game, then it's Oklahoma, Michigan, and let's look at those resumes. That's kind of how it would play out. I mean, Georgia would be in the mix here in the next couple of weeks if they're able to beat uh, Kentucky. But ultimately, if you got to go through Alabama, then you got to – I don't know how much you control if you got to go through Alabama. That becomes difficult, right? I mean, that, that's, the, that's the biggest hurdle that anybody has. If you're in the SEC, like LSU or Georgia, and you got to go through, or Kentucky, you know, we can sit there and say, well, what about Kentucky? Yeah, Kentucky can pull the upset over Georgia. You really think they've got a shot against Alabama? Mm. I mean, you know, so I mean, there's, there's realistic possibilities and just mathematical possibilities. But I think right now where the quote-unquote air quotes here controversy would be, okay, Michigan, Oklahoma, well, that's going to deter. Michigan's got Penn State, as you mentioned. And they have Ohio State. Then, right, right, but this week, and then mm-hmm. Oklahoma's got Texas Tech. Then they've got Ohio State. It's not over. Got some football left um, that's going to ultimately determine this uh, and see where we are. Before it's said and done, we are going to head into uh, probably an area where we're going to have some teams that right now we're not ready to talk about. Of course. But they might they might be in play here mm-hmm. if we have chaos. It just looks like that the schedule just shapes up so easy for Clemson that that looks you know, really, really um, a safe pick. Very, very safe. Yeah. And and we talked about it since September. I would say BC on the road would be the only real hurdle. mm -hmm. And not even in the conference championship game. I think the BC game will be more difficult. And then Alabama, they just look for the, the best. And people talk about, well, they've had an easy schedule. Hey, hey, they've got the toughest schedule remaining. So that's going to be flipped around big time if they go in and beat LSU, you know, finish out the season, and then beat Georgia or whoever, Georgia or Kentucky, ends up in the uh, uh, SEC championship. Now, I want to ask you a question about a potential scenario, but first let's get to what the committee had to say uh, because Notre Dame is ranked ahead of LSU in the AP poll. They're three, LSU is four, but the 13-member committee, uh, they chose LSU at three. Now, Oregon Athletic Director Rob Mullins is the committee chair this year, and he said, quote, LSU's resume, they have six wins against teams over 500 and quality wins against Georgia and Mississippi State. Just the close loss to Florida. We are in Impressed. Overall, their body of work was strong, end quote. So that goes to what you were saying, that they feel that the quality wins, it should weigh them a little bit more. But you're right, it could be a moot point. They play against Alabama this weekend. So let me ask you that scenario now, Chris. Mm -hmm. What does the committee do with Alabama if LSU beats them this week? How far does Alabama then drop? Let's say they lose a close game against LSU, and no game in Death Valley is a gimme. So let's say Alabama falls. It'll be a road loss against a number three-ranked team in one of the toughest environments in all of college football. How far down does Alabama fall? Well, and we need to make some more assumptions now. Remember, it's a close game, right? Yes, I'm saying okay. the cl- close loss. That's it. They close lose game. close game. Uh, I, I think that uh, I think they could drop to four. 
I think that's where it could be. But would they stay? So you think they would stay it, in the playoff it, it, picture it, right now? It would depend upon how impressive Michigan is in their win against Penn State, assuming they win. Georgia's win against Kentucky, assuming they win. Can we agree that they would not drop further than five or no, six, it, maybe exactly, six? Exactly, exactly. Listen, no, I, I think Alabama is still in position because of how they look, the eye test, however you want to call it, their football um, uh, you, you know, look on film. I, I, you know, much like last year, I can't see them falling out of the top four. Now, whether it's, you know, this week or not, I, you know, in the next um, rankings, I don't know. But I still think that they would end up uh, because remember, you know, we forget this. We tend to look at it, but they would just have one loss. So will everyone else except mm-hmm. Clemson. Now, I, you know, what would be interesting is would they put Clemson at one and LSU at two? Would they put Clemson, uh, LSU one over Clemson? I mean, I think they'd probably put Clemson up and then put LSU two, then Notre Dame up to three if they win. But, you know, then, you know, we can answer that question, but we have to throw in what happens in these other games. You know, that's what makes this week so great because it's not just Alabama-LSU. Oh, is Notre Dame going to be Northwestern? Mm-hmm. Is Michigan going to be Penn State? Because so, what happens if Northwestern beats Notre Dame? Penn what happens State if they all lose? <laughs> well, then guess what? Alabama might drop to to well, two to, to three because yeah, it L- might be LSU, you know it might be Clemson, Clemson Notre one. Dame, LSU, and, and I mean who know you know if Notre Dame loses, then it'll be it'll be it'll be know, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, and Oklahoma. Maybe yeah, it'll be Clemson, <laughs> LSU, Alabama, and Oklahoma. I, no, I and then I don't Kentucky know how, right on the outside looking in. You know, Kentucky <laughs> would make a tremendous jump. Georgia would make a jump. I could see Georgia jumping in there with one loss on the road, but you probably have the comparison of Alabama's loss at LSU to Georgia's loss at LSU mm-hmm. and look and see maybe that might factor in who might, um, you know, or they might say, well, you know, Georgia's beating Florida. Uh, they just beat Kentucky. And, you know, assuming that happens, they might have Georgia ahead of Alabama. But what would that, you know, I mean, that w- we would see how that would play out. Um, now, that would be interesting because in that case, if Georgia were to win out, then who wins the conference championship game if it's Georgia and LSU? Mm-hmm. Then then that becomes an issue that it's very possible that just like last year, Alabama the, the gets winner in. Yeah. of the SEC championship game gets in and Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but again, remember, there was an opening last year. Is there going to be an opening this year? Well, we don't know. We're discussing a myriad of possibilities. We're probably making people's head hurt. But, <laughs> you know, we don't know what's going to happen. So, sure, Notre Dame is in if they win. And I think a, a one-loss Michigan Big Ten champion is in. A, 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 a one-loss Big 12 champion Oklahoma. Those teams are in over a, 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 a one-loss Alabama that doesn't even make the conference championship game. But... You know, if they lose, then all of a sudden you're starting to compare them to two lost champions, and then you know, that's when you can see two teams from the SEC getting in. But I don't think you're going to see a two-loss SEC team no. being the second team in. I think a one-loss Alabama, everybody other than Alabama fans hate to see this. But here's the reality. If, if Alabama somehow loses a game in a, in a close game against LSU, Alabama still looks so dominant, mm-hmm. much like with Clemson. They lost a game last year to Syracuse, but they look so dominant everywhere else that you look at them and you say, I mean, right now, I'm excited for the rest of the season, 
But you know what? I'm just as excited at saying, let's get Alabama-Clemson in because those are clearly the two best teams in the country. And it's really not as close as people might want to make it. Now, But it doesn't mean that they're not going to get tripped up. I still think when you're looking at the four best teams in the country, Alabama's one of the four best, even if they get tripped up, either by LSU or even in the SEC championship game. Whether the committee is going to see that or not, I'm not sure. But they certainly look at week in, week out, studying film. Now, I'm more of a film guy. Other people are more data and, you know, this and that. Well, you gotta, you can't look at it and say, well, you know, like, for example, I, I think LSU's resume is good, Scott. I don't think it's as good as people try to make it out to be because I don't think Miami's very good. I don't think Auburn's very good. I think Mississippi State and Georgia, they caught those teams in the right situations, and the LSU deserves credit. But to me, it all comes out in the wash because LSU is going to earn it Saturday night in Tiger Stadium or they're going to lose it. It's mm-hmm. going to be one way or the other. All right, let's go through some of these top teams and look at their remaining schedules. Who's the most likely to retain their spot or even increase their spot? Alabama, after this weekend's game, it's Mississippi State. Then they have the Cupcake Thanksgiving, pre-Thanksgiving against Citadel before they have Auburn, the Iron Bowl. But that game is in Tuscaloosa. Uh, if Alabama should get by LSU this weekend, which we are projecting they will. Alabama rolls into the SEC championship game undefeated in your mind? I do. Okay. I think that I think because they are the clear best team in the yes. country. And the schedule from here on and out. Both of them, and both of them are home. Both the Mississippi State game and the Auburn game are both at home. Correct. Huge. And 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 I think, you know, let's I, I want to throw in because we have to, and we don't necessarily know who it's going to be against. But I would say that the SEC championship game is going to be tougher than the Big Ten championship game, mm-hmm. than the ACC championship game um, in particular. So I would say that Alabama, even with the toughest remaining schedule, including the conference championship game, they have the toughest path, but they're the best team. And I think they are as likely to run the table as Clemson who is not as good as Alabama, but really good and clearly has the easiest path. Yeah, the remaining schedule for Clemson against Louisville at home this weekend, and then at BC, and then home against Duke, and home against South Carolina to wrap up their season. That BC game on the road is their test. And an ACC championship game against, hey, pick somebody, and, you know, it's not real Mm -hmm. difficult. Really going to be a weak look there. Whoever is going to come out of it still might be Virginia Tech for yeah. when it's all said and done. But it's going to be a pretty mediocre team. Um, and and it, it'll be softer even than when they beat North Carolina. Remember, they had yeah. a tough game against North Carolina. That North Carolina team was pretty good. Uh, the, the Coastal is pretty weak um, for an opponent. Let's look at LSU. Uh, Obviously, it's all about the Alabama game this weekend. But after that, they play at Arkansas, home against Rice, and then on the road at Texas A&M before potentially the SEC championship game. Yeah, I don't see them beating Alabama, and mm-hmm. I think the A&M game is going to be a lot it's more tough difficult. on the road. Yeah, well, it is, and A&M's never beaten LSU since they've gotten into the league. But Jimbo Fisher hadn't been the coach yet. That was a tough loss by Jimbo Fisher last week. I, th- I think that game is going to be really difficult for LSU. We'll get to that that week. We'll see who's healthy, but 
the early stages, I kind of like A&M in that game. All right. Notre Dame does not have a conference championship game. Yes. The remainder of their schedule at Northwestern, home against a pitiful Florida State, then home against 19th-ranked Syracuse. Well, that's not home. That's at Yankee Stadium. But still, Chris, that's Syracuse team. Dino Babers, all he does is cover point spreads. That's yeah. all they do at Syracuse. <laughs> and then they have the game on the road at USC to wrap up the season. I still think Notre Dame is in a little danger here. I, I think that Northwestern is difficult. You mentioned Syracuse. Now, that's going to be, even in in, uh, in in New York, it's going to be more Notre Dame fans than Syracuse. Well, I think, yes, because Notre Dame has the appeal. The, the and even draw. though even though there are there's going to be a ton of Syracuse alumni at that game, it's going to be a big yes. Syracuse crowd. But I think there's just as many Notre Dame fans as there are Syracuse alumni. And so you're going to get the average fan that's just, oh, I love Notre Dame football, and this is their one chance to see them locally. So they're going to come out. Because every time when Notre Dame plays at like MetLife Stadium, they sell out the joint. So And you, yeah. you would know this, that if you just in New York – uh, who's the favorite fo- college football team there? I think Notre Dame would would be number one, and you know maybe you'd have more. You know, you have Syracuse alums and all, but I, I, I think I think that Syracuse game could be a challenge. Dino Babers uh, gets his teams up for big games. Still think Notre Dame's the better team, and, and I, I still probably foolishly respect the fact that USC is always capable. So. I, you know, I think this game. I think there's between those three games, there's a, a, a better chance that they drop one than Alabama or Clemson drops one. But I would say right now, I like their chances to win all of them. But um, I, I, if you're asking me which one's more likely to lose out of the three. Uh, I would say uh, it would be Notre Dame. Michigan, the remainder of their schedule after this game against Penn State at Rutgers, which I just laughed about that, uh, home <laughs> against Indiana, and then the big matchup, the big game on the road against Ohio State. I think this is really difficult. Uh, I think Penn State's going to be a challenge, mm-hmm. and I think Ohio State's going to be a challenge. And anybody thinks that, well, they're playing better, and I've said it, I think they're playing better than Ohio State. We'll see how much better Ohio State gets. That game's going to be tough. It's going to be awfully tough for Michigan to run the table. If they do run the table and get to the Big Ten championship game and beat whomever, I mean, uh-huh. Northwestern, um, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, I mean, however it plays out, um, I think they will have earned it and probably would have the most impressive resume uh, because the only loss at that point would be to Notre Dame. And I think that would say something because if Notre Dame were to win out, and this is where I, I'm going to jump ahead here for a second, if it came down to Michigan and Oklahoma, I might look at Oklahoma and their explosiveness, but I would look at Michigan's defense. And if Michigan can run the table the rest of the way, that means their offense is going to have to kick it into high gear and play pretty well. And if their look as well as their resume would be, hey, look, at that point they'd be a one-loss team, and the one team that they lost to is also in the playoffs. That would be really impressive resume and more than what Oklahoma could produce, but I think Michigan's schedule is very difficult and uh, going to be tough for them. Uh, this week would be the first hurdle in Ohio State 
the second one. It's going to be tough for them to run the table. I feel like that game should be on primetime. I don't know why Michigan and Penn State is not on primetime. I guess the, yeah, the ABC game is going to be well, Oklahoma-Texas Tech. Well, I think they did it to keep – well, actually, if you think about it, in that uh, that 345 or two, it's 245, it is, but I think – They kept they it away to, from Alabama-LSU. I think LSU. they wanted to keep it from Alabama-LSU. Yeah. But quite frankly, it's up against Georgia-Kentucky. It's huge. I'm surprised that they didn't put that into the, the noon game because that's t- traditional Big Ten. Yeah. And that would clearly make that a tremendous triple header of Penn State, Michigan, then Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama, LSU. We should be running the television networks and programming. <laughs> we should be. We should be because that, that's the way it should be. Now, you know, you put anybody else at noon, yeah, no. But put Big Ten at noon, that's great. I mean, that's when they always play Ohio State, Michigan. Yep. You know, but that's where Penn State should be playing at Michigan in the noon central start uh, to make it, the, to, to keep away from Georgia, Kentucky, and Alabama, LSU. But they're away from Alabama, LSU. You mentioned Oklahoma, Texas Tech. And how about, how about this? It's starting about 45 minutes earlier, but Notre Dame Northwestern is also going to be in the prime time early game, yeah. evening primetime mm-hmm. start. So yeah, it's an uh, e- it's 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 the rare Notre Dame road game that's co- not on NBC. Correct, so, yep. it's an ESPN game. Mm-hmm. It's uh, seven fifteen Eastern, six fifteen Central, which is going to be um, you know going to have two games. Uh, that game in Oklahoma, Texas Tech, going up against. Uh, the big one that everyone would be looking at, Alabama, LSU. I wonder what the crowd's going to be like at Northwestern because you know that Notre Dame fans are going invade to invade that stadium. You know, and the thing about it, though, let's remind folks, it's uh, it's at Ryan Field. It's not in Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. They played in the past there. And when they do... I think that's smart because well, Soldier Field gets more Notre Dame yes, fans. Yes, absolutely. Gets no, more tickets. Um, you know, I would think Northwestern, being that they're in the West race... Um, this should be big, and and they should they are in a better position to keep those tickets away from Notre Dame fans. You know uh, that is uh, Chicago is big. Notre Dame is yep. number one. Uh, but how many t- how many tickets can the Notre Dame fans get their hands on? Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Georgia's remaining schedule: they play that big game against Kentucky this weekend, and then home against Auburn, which doesn't look like what it would have looked like weeks ago. But Auburn's still a dangerous team. Then they play UMass before finishing the year against Georgia Tech. You know, it's it's difficult. Um, it's manageable, but it's difficult. Kentucky's the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech will give them a, a you know a, a typical look, but they see it every year. Yeah. But it's a challenge. In uh, Auburn, listen, that's the oldest rivalry in the South, and that will be a little bit more difficult than people might think. But it, it's it, between it, the hedges, so it, it's it home. Is, They're it fine. Is. But but I but it's going to be you know I mean I think people would think they would expect a blowout. I, I don't. We'll get to that that week, but that's going to be a challenge. Uh, listen, it 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 comes down to winning this week on the road and then just getting better and taking care of business. And we can see what this Georgia team is made of. I overrated them. I I, th- I saw them as, boy, they're talented. They're, they're right up there with Alabama. They're not. Uh, they made some really good adjustments last week uh, against Florida. I want to see what they do. I, I like them against Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky has enough offense. But I want to see this Georgia team uh, finish. And if they finish – 
um, they'll they'll be heard from, and we are you know they they finish right, uh, we could see the Georgia Alabama matchup uh, not in the uh, the playoffs, but in the SEC championship game. Let's talk about Oklahoma's remaining schedule, uh, and then we'll move on to some other games. But Oklahoma's remaining schedule at Texas Tech this weekend, and then home against Oklahoma State, home against Kansas on the road against West Virginia before the Big 12 championship game. How about that now? That's, that's a rematch. That's and, they, pretty, they, and, and they could play West Virginia the next yes, the weekend. <laughs> yes, they could. <laughs> the week they after. They could have to, have to do it twice, <laughs> and that's always a challenge. That's a little interesting quirk in the Big 12. I think it's challenging. Uh, Texas Tech, you know, again, this is what makes this intriguing. Oklahoma, Texas Tech, it's, it's going to be under the radar. I get it this week. That's a really big game. Tech is playing pretty good. David Gibbs has got that defense playing well. It's a good team. They're going to Lubbock. I mean, this is going to be a tough game for them. You can score in Oklahoma, but let me just say this. I'm very curious to see what they do. Two weeks in a row, this defense has held the opponent to under 300 yards. So that's let's, the Sooners are coming, folks, and they're looking good. That's why I have them number four in the film grade rankings. Um, but this, this, they will earn it. That's why I said I just gave you the Michigan path, the 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 Oklahoma path. Mm-hmm. How about those two teams running the table and Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame went out. Good luck picking between yeah. Michigan and Oklahoma. You're right. I just gave you Michigan, and the only loss would be to Notre Dame. But how about going and beating Texas Tech, beating Oklahoma State, beating West Virginia? Beating West Virginia, or beating, and, or beating or, Texas, or and beating avenging that Texas loss. Texas and yeah. avenging the loss. Good luck trying to split hairs. Uh, I mean, that's going to be no right answer there. No, and it could be the situation that happened several years ago when TCU was left out uh, of the conversation. And 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 that's interesting too because most people thought if that was Oklahoma or Texas instead of they would have gotten in. Yeah, might have gotten in brand name. Uh, you got Michigan, so. Oklahoma. Got no brand name problems there. Now let me say this. I, don't hate me, West Virginia fans. If it's West Virginia that runs the table and West Virginia's resume and the, West Virginia does the same thing and wins out, beats Oklahoma twice, I, I, I hate saying it, but the reality is I mm-hmm. think the committee would probably put a one-loss Michigan in uh, over it. Brand names, I think, matter. By the way, you mentioned how Shouldn't. you mentioned that defense improved. I think Ruffin McNeil heard about all the times you were talking smack about him and the Oklahoma defense, so he stepped it up a little bit. You know, well, it did. There's no question about it. I mean, Mike Stoops, uh, they, they sometimes a new voice changes it. Old Ruff has got that team. They, they've what they've done watching them on film. They've simplified things. They're not playing as much man, and they're trying to limit the big plays. And and that's the real key. You're not going to stop people, but in that um, in that style, you've got to be able to get off the field a couple of times a game. Uh, their offense is so good, they're going to score a bunch of points. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch uh, down the stretch here. Well, that's obviously a big weekend, Chris, because these games are going to have such an impact on the college football playoff rankings coming up next Tuesday. But which game and which team in your mind has the best chance to pull an upset this weekend? And you're talking about the the contenders that are ranked highest, or I mean, or just or it could be just any ranked team playing against well, a lower ranked opponent or a non ranked opponent. Who's on upset alert? I, I would say West Virginia. I think Texas at home will rebound in in. Um, and beat them. I think that that's that's a real strong possibility there. Um, 
that that's an intriguing game, and we've talked about it. Uh, that's going to set up perhaps the, the the opponent against Oklahoma, but that one stands out at me. Um, I, I look at the top teams, you know, the ranked teams. I don't think um, LSU beat Alabama. I I I've favored Notre Dame over Northwestern, but yeah. I would probably give Northwestern a better shot to beat Notre Dame than, than LSU beating Alabama or Kentucky beating Georgia. But I would probably rank upsets of the top teams, maybe Northwestern, maybe Kentucky, give them a shot, and maybe give Texas Tech a little shot against Oklahoma, although I think there won't be one in that regard. Now, I do think this. I would say the other one would be Penn State. Penn State's going on the road. I think everyone's high on Michigan. Mm-hmm. It should be. And isn't this the game? The, the, doesn't this feel like that game? You know, yes. every year we have that game yep. where it, yep. it, it ruins the team's chances and it's a game that everyone was overlooking yep. because, yeah, I, trust me, Chris, everyone's talking about Michigan-Ohio State. Yes. And this is the game, like it's been in the past, where it's been Michigan State or something in the past, that causes... The, the misstep along the way. A- absolutely. And and that's why I wanted to make sure we had the top, you know, because people now focus on the top four or five. But I would say that the most likely would be Texas upsetting West Virginia and Penn State upsetting Michigan. And that would be a big upset because they'd be doing it in Ann Arbor. But I think that's that's real possible. Uh, or, you know, I mean, it's it's I mean, I could really see that happening more than I can see the others. Anything can happen. We know in any of these games. But I think that Penn State can be really explosive. Um, Michigan's the better team. If Michigan's going to be what we have all thought and hoped that Michigan could be, they need to win this game. But uh, Penn State is athletic and is explosive. And, you know, Penn State tends to play these type of games big. They tend to show up for these type of games. Um, So I wouldn't surprise them if they go on the road and win it. What does Kentucky have to do to pull the upset over Georgia? They have to find a way to create short fields for their offense. They've got to get Look, their some de- Chris, points. Their defense, their defense has been has been good. Offensively, this team has been bad yeah, the past yeah, couple of weeks. It, I mean, they didn't cross midfield against A and M, and then last week they got lucky to get a punt return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and then they got that last minute drive. This offense was shut out the entire game last week. I just think that they they have a lot to figure out on that side of the football. Oh yeah, but you asked me, what do they need to do? <laughs> the <laughs> okay. offense. Jake Fromm needs to throw a couple interceptions. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, there, there's no question that Georgia is going to have to make mistakes in this game and it's going to have to create short fields for for Kentucky I I I was impressed I know a lot was focused on the controversial calls at the end Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm with everybody there but uh, they still made a couple plays in the passing game when they had to it's going to be in Lexington it's going to be emotional so if Kentucky can create some turnovers with their defense their defense is for real their defense can cause Georgia a lot of problems can they keep it a low-scoring game? Can they keep it a one-possession game throughout the course of the game? And can they find a way through special teams or defense to create a short field for the offense, maybe get Georgia's defense worn out a little bit? That's what they're going to have to do. I mean, to answer your question, that's what they have to do because they just don't have enough offense to be able to just line up and beat uh, a team like Georgia if it's just a normal game. They're going to have to muddy it up play it at the line of scrimmage, and if it's a line of scrimmage game and they can create some turnovers, that's the shot at home to beat Georgia. It is going to be so 
huge year. I mean, we can talk LSU-Alabama, that's huge. This game is the biggest game in Kentucky football history, certainly in modern times. It's the first time they've even had an SEC championship possibly on the Mm -hmm. line since 1977. Sadly, I remember that vividly. It was a long time ago, but it, it, it it's just completely different era. Um, it, it, I mean, they're talking about this like they don't even – I mean, they're aware basketball starting, but that Duke game against uh, <laughs> basketball coming up, that's just not even on the radar. They tell me that even when they do the basketball shows, they're talking football. It <laughs> is, it's going to be fun to see the environment in Lexington and how Kentucky's able to handle it. This is not as good a team, but think about it. Georgia went into LSU. Georgia's a better team than LSU. They're more talented. They didn't handle the environment well. They go into Lexington and don't handle the environment well. You know what? Kentucky, just like LSU, not a very good offensive team. LSU found a way to defensively force Georgia into some mistakes. They took advantage of it and beat Georgia and were more physical than Georgia. That's the answer to what does Kentucky have to do to beat Georgia. So are we in agreement here? We're going Alabama over LSU, Georgia over Kentucky, and Penn State, Michigan coin flip. I think it's a coin flip. I think Michigan's the better team, mm-hmm. but again, I've got Michigan on upset alert here, and okay. I got I got Texas on up. I got West Virginia, West Virginia on upset yeah. alert against Texas. I think those two teams, uh, those two games, are really interesting to me. Uh, I do think that we need to watch the Oklahoma Texas Tech game. That might be a little bit better. And I've got Notre Dame on upset alert yeah. against Northwestern. I think those games are really, really interesting to watch. I'm curious to see if Washington State's going to continue to be able to maintain they're playing at home against Cal. Um, but, you know, taking care of business then, the outside looking in. But we, we don't need to talk about Washington State yet. But if chaos ensues, maybe in about two three weeks. All right, let's have a little fun now, and let's project next week's rankings. Okay. I'm going to go Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Georgia 4. And on the outside looking in, Oklahoma 5 and Washington State 6. I'm good with that. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia at 4. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm, I'm I got it, but I'm 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 coming up with mine. Okay. I I, I I'm going to well, I'm going to have to project a game. I'm going to say Michigan gets in at four okay. if they beat Penn State. <laughs> That's now, why I'm, I'm, see, I gave them the loss. I well, say, if, yeah. if, there you go. <laughs> if, 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 if Michigan's got the loss to Penn State, then I do think Georgia can get in it. Georgia will get in at four. Uh-huh. Um, likely uh, holding off. You know, let me say this, though. Um, boy, I don't know. What I would do in, is a lot easier than projecting what other people might do. Let's think about this for just a second. Oklahoma could make a big jump if Michigan loses um, because then you're looking at, okay, Georgia beats Kentucky, Oklahoma beats Texas Tech. Uh, you still got the Oklahoma loss to Texas, close game neutral field, Georgia loss on the road decisively. I think it'd be pretty close. I think he could be right with Georgia. Wouldn't surprise me if it's Oklahoma. I think it's it's too close to call at this point. I would have to say 
uh, after watching those games that would probably determine, you know, how they look. Because I, I put so much on on film uh, more so than anything else. But I think Georgia and Oklahoma would be that for that fourth spot under your scenario. Well, we'll obviously dissect it each and every week right here on Rush the Field with myself, Scott Seidenberg, and Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. One more piece of conversation, Chris, before we head out of here. There was a lot of talk this week after the Browns decided to fire Hugh Jackson. And I laugh at it because I just think it's funny that people automatically assume, hey, let's get the quarterback's college coach because that'll be the right fit. And I took some heat on Twitter because I said, look, as much as I respect Lincoln Riley, the guy hasn't spent a minute in the NFL, and I don't think he would be a good choice to lead an NFL program. I think you need to have an understanding of what it's like to coach millionaire athletes as opposed to college kids. You need to know what that room is like with other coaches who have spent their entire careers in the NFL as opposed to at the college level. Of course, the media has to ask Lincoln Riley his thoughts. And he said, I'm not no itch to go coach in the NFL, but you can't shut the door right now. I thought it was a very politically correct answer from Lincoln Riley. But in your view... After two seasons of coaching at Oklahoma, would he qualify to take the jump to the next level? And just your overall thoughts on coaching at either level. I think he would qualify. Would he be the best fit, though, is always the thing that I always look at in in my coaching search work. Um, Here's the thing about the NFL game and the, the real key of success and everyone's looking at you know, what Sean McVay's doing and people that are great quarterback teachers and have innovative offenses. Now, Sean has been around the NFL a bunch. But let me just tell you, all 32 NFL teams had certain staff members, coaches, went into Oklahoma this offseason to study what they were doing offensively. He's that well-respected. I think a lot of people see him as a potentially another Sean McVay. Your well, point well is- my point is that, look, if, I, if someone wants to hire him as an offensive coordinator, I think that's a slam dunk. I just don't think he's ready right now to take well, over a franchise as the head football coach. Well, he's, there's there's no chance that he would leave for an offensive coordinator job yeah. when he's got a job at Oklahoma. Uh-huh. There's a debate. I mean, I don't think he'd leave to go to Cleveland because I think, you know, he looks at Oklahoma job as a great job. But it would have to be the right head coaching job in the NFL. And I think a lot of people thought that. I, I, I don't think there is any, there's much doubt about him being successful as an NFL head coach. Is it the right fit? I don't know. Obviously, the tie to Baker Mayfield. I can tell you that, you know, that's what they need in in in, um, in Cleveland to, I think, get their offense going. They need to get a bright offensive guy. Not as a coordinator. I mean, I think you need to get the right offensive guy as your head coach in Cleveland because you can go get a really good defensive coach as a head coach and he hire the bright young offensive coordinator. If he's really that good, in two years, somebody's going to pluck him up as a head coach. So I think that Lincoln Riley would be a really good fit. Um, I do think that there's some other guys that are, you know, are, are good fits. I mean, I, I think if you're look, everyone's looking for the next Sean McVay. So to me, you know, it, 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 in my mind, it could be a Lincoln Riley. 
but it could as easily be a John DeFilippo. Agreed. Who's, who's in who's in the, the NFL at this yes. point. A Zach Taylor, who's with the Rams as a quarterback coach. Shane Raldron, who's with the Rams. Uh, Matt LaFleur, who's with the Titans. Guys like that that I think have a Bean- lot of Emmy, uh, with, uh, with the Chiefs. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Beniemi or whatever his yeah, name is? Yeah. yeah, no, I, th- I think he's good. I think he needs a little bit more seasoning. I think Mike Kafka would be uh, – uh, Beniemi's a good guy that's working under Andy. But but I, I to me, I think, you know, Kafka's maybe the, the bright next – you know, Sean McVay type. I, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say to put them all in that lump of mendant. But I, I, I can tell you this, Lincoln Riley is on the short list – of NFL people. So whether he's ready or not, he will have an opportunity to jump and be a head coach. And I think he'll have it this year if he wants it. Does he want it? Does he want to take the right opportunity? I think he'll listen. I think that he absolutely would listen. But I think he knows he needs to get in the right situation to where, uh, you know, and just because Baker Mayfield's there, I think he would probably look at the Brown situation and say, hmm, do I want to get into that? I, I don't know. Um, those are all interesting questions, but I do think he has the pedigree to be the quarterback whisperer that most people are looking for. Does he have the experience in the NFL? No, but but some of those things I think organizations feel like they can help him with. They're looking for the guy that, again, they're dipping into Oklahoma to look at how this offense is being run, and they're looking at what, what Sean McVay's done with the Rams and with Jared Goff and turning things around, and that's what everybody wants, Scott. So that's what's drawing everyone fair, unfair, right or wrong. So I think he's on the short list um, for – a lot of people and we'll have some openings we've got one in cleveland i think we're going to have one in denver i think we're going to have one in tampa and that, and obviously there are going to be potentially a few more i think he's going to be on people's short list they're going to at least want to talk to him you can join all 32 nfl teams and 78 major college football programs and become members of landryfootball.com get in on all the latest inside information from the guy that college and NFL programs turn to as a consultant on coaching and scouting matters. For less than a magazine subscription, you can get the film room breakdowns on recruiting, college football, the draft, NFL, and coaching search matters. Check out LandryFootball.com today for our best season membership package ever. Membership options include monthly, three, six, nine months, or yearly. Get access to insights of veteran coach, scout, and administrator Chris Landry today. All you have to do is tell them where you heard about this deal. And you heard it right here on Rush the Field. You can follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball. You follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. It's S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. And download, rate, and review, and subscribe to Rush the Field. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. This is a Jim Fannin Show Quick Fix on Radio Influence. We have to have some inner core characteristics that are values, our morals, that separate us from everyone else. And, and, I, and I think being truthful has been one of those. And I would hate to see our country, the world... Uh, change uh, to negativity, lies, falsehoods, spreading rumors maliciously, 
on purpose. This isn't political. This is both sides of the aisle. This is every type of person. But if it's a trend and if it's something that's going to continue, I'm not I'm not sure uh, what kind of place, what kind of country we're going to be. The Jim Fannin Show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.